Welcome to our Bread and Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Bill Dawes. Uh, I think you're in Texas, right? No, I'm in LA. You're in LA. Nice. I'm- I am in Minnesota uh, at the House of Comedy. About to, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know about you, but I always try to leave. You know, like normally we have a seven o'clock show on a Thursday, right? And yeah, I think one of the good things about COVID is no radio. Like, cause I used to have to hate getting it oh, earlier. Yeah. And having to do like, you know, six o'clock in the morning radio because it just fucks up your whole thing. But I'm always worried that if I like get in at like a four o'clock flight or like a three o'clock flight that I'm going to be, it's going to be late. I'm going to miss the first show. So I, I always leave the night before because those shows are almost never canceled. Yeah. So I left. So I leave at one o'clock in the morning, but then I get in at six o'clock in the morning. And then normally you get to a hotel and they'll check you in until one or two. So yeah. I just go there and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want an early check-in. And like, oh, sorry, nothing's ready for like, you know, five hours. So I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll wait in the lobby. And uh, I just set, and I set up my computer and, I start, and everyone that walks in, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how was your day? Annoy the fuck out of it. But then six minutes, they're like, <laughs> a, a room magically opens up. They're like, get this guy out of the, that's oh, like. Oh, that's hilarious, man. I love that tactic. It almost always works. The only time it didn't work was in Portland, Oregon. Because there were literally like homeless people living there anyway. Uh, like, yeah. uh, so people were, I just like fit in. And people were already living there. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, what room? I'm like, you in the room waiting for a room? No, I actually, this is, this is my house. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> but, but yeah, so then I got it. You know, I, I get in, but then so I got it last night at like, what, one in the morning? Oh, I got it at six o'clock in the morning. And then I'm like, well, I got no sleep. I had a middle seat. And uh, I'm like, do I sleep all day? I know. It's the worst. Because if you, I sleep, you might as well power through it. Because if I sleep all day. One I'll sleep, and then you can sleep in tomorrow. Well, the thing is, if I sleep all day, like if I, if I go back to bed after this and sleep till like 7 o'clock to show, like the, the show might be better because I'll, I'll be rested, but then really not because it's like doing a show at 1 in the afternoon. Because like, like my whole uh, – so I'm like, all right, I'll stay up and I'll do work and this and that, but I'll be kind of tired for this show. I mean, maybe sometimes I'm better tired anyway. Because sometimes when you're tired, you, you just basically just say whatever's on your mind. And it's the best show ever because you're not thinking, you know. Uh, but or do I stay up? It's just always like, a, you know, because I'm like two hours ahead of where I was. That's always sometimes the hard part is that like, yeah. getting, and then getting back. I always want to get back as soon as possible. I want to get back to, go on. Yeah. I think it's always better just to power through and don't sleep because... I just think naps screw you up for shows, number one. And number two, sometimes when you're in that really crazy, hallucinogenic, like sleep deprivation mode, yeah, you can have some real fun. Mix that with have, alcohol, come on, man. You can have fun, but I've also like said the same joke twice before, like not, or like not knew what city I was in, 
Or I'd be like, oh, it's good to be here in Jacksonville. I'm in fucking like Wyoming or, or, or like I've got a joke about a cruise ship and I'm on a cruise ship. So, I mean, there's like sometimes there, there's yeah. sometimes that. Uh, it, but it really all depends. You have the show by saying like, hey, I'm a stoner. And then every time you fuck up, you just, like I said, I'm a stoner, you're gonna laugh. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Um, uh, what else is going on? So, uh, yeah, so, so, so that's, that's that. Um, and then uh, last night I had, we had the memorial for, 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 two, for Fu and for Rico. Oh, yeah. Two of my Rico. friends that, that, that died. I mean, I didn't really know Fu that well. I booked him a couple, once or twice at Dime Bar, nice guy. Uh, but I knew Rico really well from, from the haha. And that yeah. was that was crazy. Um, it was just uh, it was just sad. You know, I it's like the, know. does everyone know who listens to the, this podcast? What you're talking about right now? We we mentioned it before about uh, how four comedians did cocaine that were uh, laced with fentanyl, and three of them died. Kate Quigley lived, um, and uh, it was just awful, awful situation. And it was just yeah. such a senseless death. I mean, talk about pointless. I mean, holy yeah. shit. And you know, tell people say, well, you shouldn't do drugs. I'm like no, nobody that I know has ever done a line of cocaine thinking that like there was a chance it might be laser fentanyl. I mean, that wasn't even like a thing. I mean, that's like a, yeah. a I mean, you know, not so. to mention the fact that I didn't think you could die from just snorting fentanyl. I don't I even realize what fentanyl is. I mean, but it's like smoking weed. I mean, look, I obviously smoke weed. I don't, I don't do cocaine. I don't, I'm not, I did cocaine maybe once or twice in my life, and I got super depressed afterwards and hated yeah. it. I, 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 the high wasn't worth the low um, for, yeah. me, for me personally. Uh, I'm not going to judge people that do it, although if you do cocaine, you're probably not making the best decisions in your life if you do it like on, on like a regular. I've never been anybody yeah. who's like, man, that guy's a cokehead. We, we should work with him. You, you know, <laughs> it's like – Yeah. So – but then Ian Edwards has that bit about like, you know, basically the, the Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like if it weren't for cocaine, there'd be no one in there. You know what I mean? Like some of the best traded on cocaine. And some of the best comics that we love. I mean, Robin Williams is coked out of his mind during his best specials. Yeah. Richard Pryor. I mean, I, I mean co cocaine doesn't necessarily make you lazy. I'm not going to – it's one of those things. So – like people do cocaine and then they do productive shit. They just sometimes make bad decisions or yeah. they, sometimes they think that their decision making is a lot better than it was. Like, I mean, I, even with weed, sometimes I'll smoke and I'll write shit down. I'm like, this is the funniest shit. And then when I'm sober, I'm like, huh? What? Like, especially if I'm just writing, I have to write out the whole thought, but I just like put like little glimpses of notes. Like I'll just, I'm, I'm lazy <laughs> with the writing. Like I just go, and then I'm like, I'm looking at it like, what the, f like, I don't even know what I was trying to think. But sometimes like, I'm sure you know, it's a comic, your best thoughts come at night and you're like, oh, I'll remember it in the morning. And then you oh, yeah. fucking seven hours the next day trying to think about, now you missed the whole day because you're trying to think of that one thing that you thought of. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just, you have to. Um, so coaching started again with like wrestling, right? I started coaching again. I wasn't going to do it. And I'm like, I'm doing it. Uh, the kids have to wear masks while wrestling. Do you have the same group of kids or the whole new batch? It's a whole new batch, uh, except for two kids. And, like, the good news about having, like, a lot of kids that know nothing is that sometimes it's easier to coach them from ground zero sure. and build up because they're learning, but they're so far away from where they have to be. Sometimes, for me, the hardest thing to coach is against a kid that's kind of good, especially if a kid if he, if he thinks he's really good <laughs> because you don't want to fuck up what he's doing. At the same time, 
you know it's not going to work at a higher level, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that sometimes is hard, like, to take – because, like, there are many different methods of coaching. However, like, the hardest thing I've ever did, though, was when I was coaching my first season. My first season I was coaching because I got this job off Craigslist. That's where I got the job, like, 13 years ago. They were looking for a wrestling coach, right? I'm like, I, I, 15 years ago, I was like, I could I – could, I, I so I go down there, and uh, the first thing they asked me, like, all right, so you got the job, but what do you know about the adult – transgender wrestling league newt i go well, i don't know what you're talking adult i'm like so that, then they showed me the thing it was like naked adults wrestling in hollywood and they were going to try to use the mat at the school to have their practices oh um, my god which would have been just imagine like parents coming in for like you know parent and then you see a bunch of naked people i mean that's just <laughs> so i i got the job right but i, I had already booked like a a gig First of all, they were like the, the walls weren't padded. That was also a huge problem. Kids are running headfirst in the wall and, yeah. and crying. And normally, like, <laughs> I could be like, you know, just be, but when a kid, go, but I'm like, no, the walls, I'm like, I'm like, I can't coach here unless the walls are padded. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like the kids, every wall, at least make three of the walls padded. And then sure. I was leaving for like a, a week or two. I was leaving for like a week or two uh, to go to Africa or maybe three weeks. So I needed an assistant coach. There was a guy named Dixon Matthews, who's a comic. I don't know if you knew Dixon. He used to be Nick Swartz's uh, opening act. Nice guy. And he's like, oh, I used to wrestle, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, so he came to a practice and somebody knew what he was talking about. So then come to find out that he knew WWE wrestling. He was actually in the ECW <laughs> as like, <laughs> his name was Big Dicks Halfway In. That was his um, name. Uh, Dude, I come back and I'm like, well, so we had a match. Like the first to come back. Kids are throwing in fucking camel clutches, like figure <laughs> fours. They're doing like flying elbows. I'm like, dude, what the? I thought you wrestled before. He's like, I oh, did. I'm like, dude, I don't think I wrestled for one minute. Like he, everything he was showing was like not a move that you could have done. Uh, yeah. Was it was the character that I did him pinned based on that guy? No. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Really? Yes. One thousand percent based on that guy. And I love the guy, but he just didn't know. I bet like, a couple times, I'm like, what did you teach today? Oh, we did tug of war. I'm like, or we did blind wrestling. I'm like, bro, you know, the kids have eyes. Like, just the craziest shit. Yeah. Um, it, but it was, it was, I mean, yeah. That, so then I had to go to every single practice and, like, have three practices a week. Normally two a week, like four a week. I'm like, we got to catch these kids up. to like. So that was that. And then, you know, the kids wanted to wrestle in the high school. So, like, because there was no high school team. So I lobbied with the kids and the parents. We got a high school team. And they got a coach. This coach was great. This nice guy, Randy, like, knew a thousand moves, wrestled with Jake Shields, I think, at SF State. Like, knew a lot of shit. Anyway, he had a team that was, like, really good. And he was, like, one of those guys, no nonsense. If somebody would come late, like, you're out. Like, yeah. fuck that. Like, so he, but then he dies of brain cancer. Like, one day, Jeez. he's 27. He's driving. He has a headache. 27? 27. Goes to the hospital, finds out he has brain cancer, like, three months to live. Like I was trying everything. We did a sprawl challenge, awareness, and all this kind of treatment. So then the kids had no coach, right? And there was a guy that was my assistant coach that seemed kind of normal to me, except for he got kicked out of New Jersey uh, Coaching Association, like banned from all of Jersey. But he was in like the Philadelphia Coaching Hall of Fame. So I didn't realize he had an anger problem. So like, <laughs> we, we, we would coach, and he would start yelling. And I had to tell him, hey, man, we're yelling two different things. Or he'd be like six matches on, uh, at once. You could just hear him screaming, like just anyway. So he got the job. Lo and behold, he was coaching women's 
girls JV softball. He got mad. He took a bat and threw it and hit a girl on the leg, like in first base. So he got banned. So then my other friend, Aldo, who's like one of my best friends. Aldo, yeah. So Aldo has like a scar from here to here from like a bar fight that he got into. He was an ex-Chippendale, ex- I don't know what he, he, I don't think he ever had a job that had a W9. Let's put it that way. Like he did some shady, <laughs> shady, shady jobs. I loved Aldo, but he would say things like, I'm like, you can't, you're not allowed to talk to the kids. Like the way, like, like one kid was like, Hey, you know, coach, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, quit doing that stupid voice. The kid's like, that's my voice. You know, like, <laughs> Aldo was just like, but Aldo was like a man's man, like drives a Harley, like just yeah. like, like put it in my whole wrestling room for me, like by himself. It's just like, he's like that guy. Anyway, yeah. he got kicked out because I guess there was a, one parent was having his kid do his own program, like, and not Aldo's program. And basically like he lost a wrestle off, but it was a controversial call. And the father wanted to do the best out of three. And Aldo said, no, the father pulled the kid. And then confronted him at a wrestling tournament. And Aldo was like, get the fuck out of my face before I beat your ass. I'll kill you. This is on video. So, oh. <laughs> like, Aldo got, like, fired. <laughs> Meanwhile, Aldo's friend, right, also from Philly, this, this guy Bruno, who works, like, on a different school. He's also Italian, whatever. He got in trouble because he was calling these kids, like, I guess there was, like, two kids. There was a, a white kid named Tom on his team and a black kid called Tom. And he had the kids calling the black kid Black Tom. Which, you know, in 2021, you can't have everyone calling a kid Black Tom. (laughs) And then, like, the mom complained about – Tom's mom complained. But his go-to emoji was, like, a a black thumbs up. He didn't know that. So he's like, sorry. (laughs) So all those friends, Bruno, got in trouble. So so now they finally have another coach. They have this lawyer who's a really good coach, who's a nice guy. uh, But but the problem is he he doesn't go to the school. Like, you need somebody in the school to coach. Like, you need somebody – Oh, it ended up being a pedophile. I thought it was gonna be another thing that happened. No, okay. Yeah, there is another. There is another person that I, I I can talk about, but I'm me and you both know him. But I'm going to yes. I'm going to leave him out of the story. I would. What are you going to bring him up? Can you just I, make I, a fan? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want. There is a, there is another person, but I just out of respect to him and uh, the situation. Yeah, you know. What, that, that was like. What's funny, Adam, is to think that like you are the most sane wrestling coach <laughs> that you know. I mean, you're pretty sane, but you're also a little insane. So that just goes to show, like, wrestlers are pretty nuts. The hard, the hard part for me is, is the mask now. Because it's hard enough to get these kids out wrestling, right? They, have, they practice in masks? Yeah. That is ridiculous, man. And we, and we had a teacher come in and say, you have to wear your mask. So we're not going to have a program. And I, I had to kind of talk to the main guy and be like, listen, man. Like, these kids don't have to wrestle. Like, they, they don't have – they're going out on their own free, free will – they're trying their hardest. They're not in shape. They took two years off. They're, they're not, we don't like have former wrestlers. Their parents weren't wrestlers. Now they got to fucking have a mask on in this little room. Like, man, like, uh, you know. And once they start, like, it's not rolling, whatever. Once they start wrestling, the mask comes off, right? Mask comes off. But this is how stupid, the, 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 this is how stupid wrestling is in high school, California. The kids could have a mat. They, they could have a match with no mask. At the end, they can't shake hands. <laughs> like, they just sweat on each other for six minutes. Yeah. Uh, in every possible position. And they have to raise their own hand. The ref can't raise their hand. Oh, I don't know why a kid doesn't raise. If I lost, I would just raise my hand. 
Oh my god, dude! Uh, we, had, we, had, we had a kid one time show up. This kid, uh, I love this kid, Mookie. He was uh, a half black kid, heavyweight. By heavyweight, I mean like one sixty. You know, middle school, one seventy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he shows up to match. I wasn't there. The kids just like told me what happened. So he had like one practice, and it was the middle of the season. And then, you know, a heavyweight, you can throw a kid in there because you should, I just showed him like an Iowa. I showed him one yeah. move and he'll win. And uh, the, the kid, kid, kind of, kid kind of freaked out because the, the match started. And he starts going like this, you know, like, <laughs> like, the, like he's ready to start fighting. Yeah. And the ref looked at the go, like, this is what you're teaching? <laughs> like, we, we didn't, like, the, kid, the, like, the kid was ready to, like, throw down. Um, I love that, man. Yeah. Sorry, I was a couple minutes late. There you go. Oh, good. We had another kid, by the way, uh, before we get to uh, – our amazing guest, Casey O'Neill, who's undefeated. Not only undefeated as a pro, she's, uh, she won her last five amateur fights. Uh, and she's sideways. Oh. So the only thing is if you could move your, your camera uh, as much as I like you. Yeah, there you go. Um, she, so she's won 12 in a row, this girl. Uh, actually, I'll tell the rest of the story later. We have Casey here. Casey, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Now, I had the honor. Like, I always knew you were good. You know, I always knew you were good based on your two UFC fights, which – you got two finishes, but I did a little bit of history uh, research on you. You're a certified badass. You are, uh, you are what, 23 years old. You might be the next big thing in MMA. You know that, right? Yeah, you know, like, <clears throat> sorry. I feel like in the regional scene, I was uh, becoming sort of like this different person. And then once I got into the UFC, it was like the nerves came back and everything like that. But like you said, I got two wins in there now, so I feel like I'm getting my feet uh, sort of planted and I know what's coming and what to expect. So I think that you're only going to see better and better every time for me. And I definitely don't see myself losing anytime soon. What's the difference between the regional scene and UFC? Like, what, what have you noticed in terms of the fights? Like, what's the biggest difference? This surprise you made. So basically, like, in the regional scene when I was fighting in Australia, uh, Obviously, I won, I think, like, I won my last five amateurs, and then I had my first uh, three professional fights in Australia. So by the time it came to my professional fights, I already knew I was the shit. I knew that nobody in Australia could beat me and that, like, I was the best that was going to come out of Australia. And then once I started moving overseas, obviously, you start thinking, like, oh, you know, like, this is a whole different thing. These girls are different. Um, I haven't seen them fight as much as I had because I, I went to every – show and Australia regional wise so uh yeah it was just a little bit different also like a much bigger stage right so like the the bigger the stage is the harder you fall if you were to fall so there was like the nerves for that as well and yeah now I think that it almost feels like the regional scene again getting ready for this one um I feel really confident well your first fight they threw you in against a girl that like I always thought like she's, she's like four and four but I'm like this is the best four and four fighter of all time uh Shayna Dobson is no joke. She's just a girl that had like some bad luck, bad matchups. Like I remember from the Ultimate Fighter, and you like must have landed what, like three hundred unanswered blows on her to the point where you looked at the ref like, "The fuck do I got to do?" Right? <laughs> is that what I mean? Keep telling me, like, talk to me through that the whole fight. Yeah. So obviously that was my first one. It was a little bit different being in that apex with absolutely nobody in there. Now there's like a little bit of a crowd, 
But my first fight, there was nobody. So it felt like you were fighting on a TV set. It felt really strange. Um, that first round was like a little bit daunting standing there. It was cold in there, you know. Everything was a little weird. And she hit me with probably the hardest left hook I've ever been hit with in my life. She is so strong. I was like, oh, we're in a fight. Okay, so took her down over and over again and just kept, you know, pounding her on the ground. And that's sort of like my style anyway. I like to be relentless and push your pace on people and make them break. And uh, there was like a point at the end of the first round where I started to see her break. And then I knew that when we went into the second round, I was going to be able to just take her down easier again. And uh, I was going to be able to finish it there. Your, your next fight against uh, Prochiopio, I don't know, am I butchering it? Procopio. Procopio, Procopio. sorry. I'm, 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 uh, she was, so she won the first round. You thought she won the first round. You won the second. Did you know that going to the third? Like, if, if I have to win this, or I might lose this fight? No, I mean, the first round was very close, I think. You know, like, uh, I was a little bit in my head once again. I think I start slow. So uh, just trying to find my footing and everything. And uh, I knew that those knees to the body really hurt her because every time I hit them in the first round, I could hear her sort of go, like a little bit in the clinch. So I knew I broke her once again. And I knew that it was like a matter of time until I got the finish. And then once I got into that crucifix position in the third and uh, she turned around and gave her back and put her neck up in the air, I was like, straight away. So Were you surprised she didn't tap and went to sleep? No, because she's a black belt and I was a purple belt. So I think that there's sort of that like ego thing where you don't want to tap to someone who's a, a, a lower rank than you, I guess. So, I mean, I wouldn't have tapped either. I probably would have went to sleep. <laughs> Bill, you're, Bill, you're a brown belt. Have you ever tapped to like a purple belt or a blue no, belt? I completely know what she's saying because I've had situations where I've been with like, and this is not like a sexist thing, but I've been with women and I'll give them the position like a clock choke. I gave this woman this Russian jiu-jitsu who's really strong i gave her the clock choke and i was like well at the last minute i'll get out of it and then in my head i got out of it but that was the dream i had while i was unconscious really she put you so out she put me out and That's i woke awesome. up on my knees, <laughs> looking really confused and hurt and uh, <laughs> and ashamed and yeah it's because i was like there's no way i think she was like she was a four straight blue belt at the time like there's no way this this woman's gonna be able this girl's gonna be was able this to submit part of Hen was it like henzo there when that happened no, luckily it was in L.A. because oh. Kenzo would let me hear the end of it. But, uh, but yeah, people, you know, it's, it's great. It's a great thing to happen. I think everyone should be choked out at least once or twice in their life because it's so humiliating. I mean, you must have been, Casey, you must have been choked out before during training, right? Yeah, I actually got choked out once in a, in a competition with a bone arrow, a super tight bone arrow at yeah. the Melbourne Open in Australia in front of everyone and I had a similar dream, you know, I got out and I armbarred her and the crowd was cheering for me and I won. And then I woke up and I was on my back with someone standing over me, shaking my legs. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Bill, did you yeah. fall in love with her afterwards or no? Uh, no, I was really mad because she actually uploaded the video onto her oh. Instagram. So then the next competition that I had with her, I sort of like got her in an ankle lock and popped her foot because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so that's the thing about you, King Casey, is uh, some people just have that meanness in them. And, like, even your last fight when you choked the girl out, you, like, were like, get the fuck off me. You pushed her out, like, which I got to say, I kind of felt I'm, – I'm, I'm a middle school coach. I would have been like, hey, man, like, act like you've been here before. You don't have to, like, 
push the person off you. But as a competitor and what you're going through, I've never had your experience, but I could probably see, I could, I got you know, hopefully identify with the fact that you're like, no, I'm the fuck it. Right. Is that what you were kind of going through? I mean, I guess like I put it this way in my own head that if it happened to me, I would expect her to do the same thing, you know? So uh, people got to remember, you know, I got a lot of hate for that, but people got to remember 10 weeks of camp, you're like getting ready for this one person, you know, you're in a fight. Uh, everything like is important. Every decision you make in the fight is important. And when you, you win and you get a finish like that, like on the biggest stage, your emotions take over. So to be honest, I didn't even really know that I was pushing her off. I was just trying to get up and celebrate. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it looked like you were like, like next. It looked like a, you look like a badass. I mean, if you were yeah. like, like a- I have no movie. issue with what I did. You know, no, if people, that. if yeah. people do, they should watch uh, tennis or some shit because this is mixed martial arts. Well, let's, well, let's get into that because I read about you. So your parents put you in soccer but you kept slide tackling and pulling everyone's hair. Mm -hmm. So I actually started in ballet when I was young. I was doing ballet and kickboxing at the same time. And I would just like stomp into the ballet and just jump around and, you know, try and do like, just like kicks and everything. I wasn't doing ballet at all. So they decided, okay, we need her to do soccer instead because she's just too aggressive for ballet. And uh, I went into my soccer and I couldn't, like separate the two so it would be like slight tackles with hair pulling or grabbing the shirt or it would be a double leg or it'd be something just like really dirty because I couldn't separate the two and uh, eventually I got kicked off of every soccer team close enough to drive to and my dad was like yeah I think that we'll just stick to kickboxing. I, I, I led the league in uh, yellow cards and red cards because I, just wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to fight we were the worst team we hadn't won a game in four years. But, but fun fact for yeah. you, fun fact for you, my dad still played until he was about 40, soccer. He played soccer for a long time, and he used to get red carded pretty much every week, and we would be sitting home. So I get it from my dad. So, Bill, her dad is a professional kickboxer, right? Yeah, that's yeah, professional too, right? And then yeah. she, and yeah. he, he, he ran a fight promotion, and he had her at the door. She, worked at, she was the door. She was the door girl, and she said, Dad, I want to fight. He said, not a fucking chance. No way. Two years later, he throws you in there with a 19-year-old when you're 15? Yeah. Yeah. But I was winning that whole fight until I got knocked out. I was uh, just super aggressive running forward. I was winning the whole fight, and then I just got kneed in the liver and then straight up to the head. She went two knees in a row, and I just went out. And I was like, okay, well, let's just try again in a couple months. And uh, and my dad was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she still wants to go. Australia? Yeah, in Australia. But your your accent is Scottish, am I wrong? Yeah. No, I was born in Scotland and I lived there for a long time and we moved to Australia when I was young. And now okay. I just have this sort of hybrid accent going on. Well, why would okay. you uh, fight someone who was also maybe 15 or 16? They feel like a, a woman. Yeah, I don't care. I just wanted to fight anybody and my dad knew that, so. There probably weren't a lot of other 50-year-olds that are like willing to throw down in a ring. Well, yeah. Right well, I mean, I fought a lot in high school, too. So I, I just, like, looked at that as, like, my seventh fight by that point. <laughs> so, so then you have – then your dad runs Eternal MMA. So he's a fight yeah. promoter. And you're fighting under your dad's promotion. Now, mm -hmm. are you getting hate for that? Is that hard to do? I would think that would be kind of hard. Yeah, like, once I started doing well, everybody – 
would say like, you know, she's winning because her dad handpicks her opponents. I was like, I couldn't get away from it. I was like, my dad got me knocked out at 15 and knocked out at 16. Like, I don't know what you guys want me to say. Like, <laughs> my dad threw me in there. It was just like, fuck you, figure it out. And I did. So I started winning. And, you know, we started bringing people over from Japan. You know, I fought a girl who had fought for one championship in my first um, professional fight. So I was fighting like high level girls and I still got the hate. So I just figured that, you know, everybody's going to hate me no matter what I do. But eventually I went from being Cam's daughter um, to he went to being Casey's dad. So that's that's my favorite part of all this now. Uh. Now, what was his, I tried to find out your dad's, like, I tried to look him up. I couldn't find anything as far as, like, what was his record? Was he a champion, or how good was your dad? Uh, I'm not sure about his kickboxing record, because he had hundreds. He pretty much fought every weekend when I was a kid. I would go and watch him. Um, he had one MMA fight when he was 40, and he lost that, but it was so fun to watch. And then he had a couple of boxing fights as well, and I cornered him in them as well when I was, like, 13, 14, and... Uh, he never knew how to keep his hands up and always got hit too many times, but he was pretty good. So he just tried to be a bit too much like Anderson Silva and he was built more like Tito. So, yeah. <laughs> what, man? I, I have a three-year-old daughter and uh, I think that's really cool. You work your dad's corner. Like that makes me so happy about how proud you are of your dad. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I loved working my dad's corner. I did it a couple of times until he decided to finally retire. And then, uh, he started working mine, and he's only missed a couple of fights now. He'll miss this one again, unfortunately. But, you know, this was our dream for me when we were watching UFC and Phil Baroni fight when I was eight and nine. He was my favorite. He, I had the robe. I had the sunglasses. I used to walk around the house, you know, like uh, the Scottish badass, not the New York badass. Wow. Yeah, so. You should call Phil right now. Elbow, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. Get Phil on the show right now. No, don't even Damn, go. get Phil on here. Tell him I was his first fan, probably. Uh, probably his youngest fan. He'll come over and live with you. Uh, <laughs> if, if he hears that, he'll be on the first flight from Mexico. And, uh, and Phil is, by the way, Phil Baroni was kind of stuck in Mexico, had a tough time recently. But like Phil Baroni style, he's now training people in Mexico. He's running a wrestling program. And uh, he's the only guy you can just literally just drop in Mexico and like a week later, he has like his own gym, uh, and he seems like he's doing really well. So good for Phil Baroni, because uh, it, it didn't look that good for a while, but it looks like uh, he's coming out on top. Um, so King Casey, uh, there was one fight I watched that was like, it was a, such a slick, uh, it was an arm bar, but you got like, it was like a rolling Kimura to an arm bar. What, what was that? Yeah, so uh, she kept attacking that single leg and, like, setting back every time. And I, I figured it out at the end there, so I grabbed the Kimura. Um, I had been grabbing it over and over in that fight because I didn't really have any wrestling yet. I was more of a jiu-jitsu girl. And my coach said to me in the corner, my coach at the time, his name's Pasha Stoiler. He's a big Russian man who lives in Australia now. And he literally said to me, he said, you grab that Kimura again, I'm going to slap you at the back. It's not working. So when I grabbed it that time, I was like, I know I have to finish this. So I rolled through it and I just sort of grabbed her arm and pulled it as hard as I could. And uh, she tapped and I was, I was really happy because I didn't get slapped. So I got, the, for a got the arm bar finish. Yeah, arm bar. Okay. So you, but, but, you got but it. she set it up through a Kimura. It was really yeah. slick. 
That's still my favorite finish for sure. I don't know. I went for a flying triangle in one of my other fights. I don't know if you saw that, but the uh, the timer ran out for the round. But that would have been my favorite had I finished that. But the armbar is still my favorite. So you were a, a gi. You you did the Melbourne Open. You were a gi jujitsu girl, right? Yeah. I mean, you by bow and arrow. You must. So was it hard transitioning from gi to no gi or gi to MMA? Did no, you ever like want to I did both because I got told that I wouldn't be able to get graded if I didn't wear the gi. So I, I wore the gi until the day I got my purple belt and then I took it off and I've never worn it since. Uh, but I did just yeah. get my brown belt after my last fight. So I guess that I don't really need to put on the gi so much anymore. That, that's what I love about jujitsu now. It's like people like, uh, who, who was it? Um, Frank Mir. He got his black belt after he snapped uh, Tim Silva's arm. He just, I think his, master came just threw the black belt out after the fight like that's what i love about like people and ufc like they win huge fights that's when they get their black belt so that'll probably happen to you too yeah down the road yeah i hope so i hope so, okay, so <laughs> that's i'm, gonna, I I'm go. gonna show you bill exactly what she did um i could probably share this do you can you guys see yeah i can see it yeah all right hold on so it was uh pretty awesome i'm sure oh i, I know this. i never seen this before That's great. Bill, how, how hard is that? Well, I mean, that's, that's just, you got really, you got really flexible, strong legs. You had your ankles crossed and everything. I, it took her a long time to tap there. Did her arm snap? Uh, no, her arm didn't snap. She was actually really, really strong. So that was still when I was fighting at straw weight at 115. And I'm like, I'm five foot seven. And she was like five foot one. Yeah. But, uh, so strong. Like and you, I had it, just... you had it in deep when she was still on her knees. And then you get belly down. And she's, it still took some time. I was like, God damn. Yeah, yeah, she was really stubborn. I'm actually really good friends with her now. So, uh, yeah. yeah. No, you know, I had Casey. What was that? What was that, Bill? I was gonna say, like, Everyone we have, all the, most of the women that we have that we uh, interview, they're usually like in a studio apartment with the, like a single bed with like one pillow, no sheets. You're in like a swank pad, Casey. What's your deal? Who's the guy in the background? Yeah. This is my boyfriend in the background. Where What's is this he? Name? He looks like a Ty Berta. He fights for Bellator. He fights for I know Bellator. him. Yeah. Hey, that guy came to my comedy show. Oh, yeah? Did you go to his comedy show? Yeah. Yeah, with his, uh, with his ex. <laughs> I'm not going to mention this because that might, I might open up some can of worms here. Uh, yeah, we'll but, move uh, on. So, uh, yeah, Ty's a nice guy. He's a really good fighter, too. Really good uh -huh. fighter. Yeah, Ty, Hawaiian. Yep. Fucking, uh, yeah, these, dude, honestly, when in Vegas, Hawaiians clean up, Bill. Uh, hey, Hawaiian I feel like Hawaiian. every time I'm on a podcast, he takes over. They see him in the back and he's so pretty and they're like, oh, who's that? He, he just walks over with like no shirt on and like. He's yeah, just exactly. Like stop stealing my thunder, bro. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I, I like Thai a lot. Uh, so why did you, but now you were in Thailand, speaking of Thai, for three years? Yeah, two years. What was it like living in Thailand? Uh, the best time of my life. I loved living in Thailand. I, I, st I would still live there if, COVID wasn't a thing. Um, yeah, it's just so peaceful, so like slow and easygoing, and you can spend all your time when you're not training at the beach, and everything's so cheap. Uh, I love Thailand. The place is great.
Now, did, did, uh, obviously, how good did your Muay Thai get when you, you were there? Am I, was it insane? It definitely got better, but the trainers are so mean that, like, you don't really want to go to Muay Thai as much, per se. I actually did a lot more kickboxing with Rafael Fazev, who's in the UFC, obviously killing it. Um, he was my kickboxing coach for a long time, K1. So well, Now, do they, uh, hit, do they hit you with, like, bamboo and stuff, or like, why are they mean? Yeah, they're just mean, and they make you run a lot, and don't like to run, and you hit the bag a lot, and you have to skip for half an hour. It's just a lot. Uh, I definitely went sometimes, but I also feel like the K1 transitioned more into MMA, you know, uh, especially with Raphael being an MMA fighter himself. And everything skip, like that. jump rope. Yeah, so you jump, jump rope. rope for half an hour. You got to run with the big miles. heavy tie ropes too, not like regular ropes, like big heavy tie ropes. So you would run five miles get for half an hour then you would train for an hour and then you would hit the bag for 20 minutes at the end don't you have to like kick a tree or am i just watching like some weird martial arts movies about we kick tires not trees tires. But they, the ties kick the trees because i wasn't made, there for that they, their, their shin gets like impervious to pain like all the pain yeah. endings guys right yeah and they grab their own little bamboo sticks and just smack their shins as well so that was easier for me than, than kicking the trees. I wouldn't kick Did the trees. you ever go to one of those fights where, like, blood gets all over you in the front row? No, I stayed away from a lot of fights in Thailand because they all ended up being, like, chicken fights or, like, big gambling things and uh, stuff like that. So I just sort of, like, went home after training and minded my business. Were you the tallest girl in Thailand? <laughs> the, uh, well, actually, the girl I'm fighting, Antonina, trained with me in Thailand. So oh, wow. she was a little bit taller than me, but I was one of the tallest. Yeah, you got yours like like the the, the uh, big show. Now you're fighting a girl, Shevchenko, who's obviously her sister is. I'm fighting Antonina. I'm not fighting yes. Shevchenko. Yeah. Yes, you're fighting Antonina Shevchenko, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, her sister is considered one of the best in the world. She's really good. But she's also got a lot of holes in her game um, so far, it looks like. Uh, yeah. You, now, you, you train with her? Yeah, we train together in Thai, um, Tiger Muay Thai. Wow. So, you, I mean, have you guys sparred together? Not sparred, but we wrestled and uh, did some jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. You seem pretty confident about this fight, just based <laughs> on your style. I feel like you're saying, oh, you're going to make easy work of her. I know I'm going to win. I always know I'm going to win. You know, I, I train so hard. I've given up my whole life for the sport. You know, I train four times a day in camp and out of camp. I basically, like, break myself down to the point of exhaustion and then get up the next day and do it again. So I've been doing that since I got knocked out as a 15-year-old kid. And I feel like I'm on my way up and she's on her way out. And that's the way I'm looking at this. She's 36 years old and flies planes all day. And I'm 23 years old and hungrier than ever. So I don't think that somebody who's half in and half out is going to beat me no way yeah no i i kind of agree with you um now what's uh why'd you pick extreme couture um because he was there no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know like moving to america i'd had issues training with girls in australia in the past because girls are a little bit uh emotional should i say in Thailand, not so much, but in Australia, I know that they were. And then, obviously, my choices were extreme or syndicate, and there's a lot of girls at syndicate. And I just felt like I would be better with the boys, so I decided to move to extreme. Um, and then I got amazing coaches as soon as I moved to extreme. I am with 
Eddie Baracko and Eric Nixick, who are two of the best. And then obviously Casey Halstead came into my life as well. And I'm at 10th Planet with him. So and I have a pretty good right? group of people. Uh, yeah, I don't work with Ray as much, but he's at the gym too. And he throws little pieces of knowledge out every so often. So Do you train with uh, Misha? I have trained with her. Uh, just not recently because she's had a couple of fights coming up and so have I and we kind of don't have similar opponents and when I'm in camp I like to pick the absolute hardest person that's similar to my opponent and spar with them so for this fight I've picked an 170 pound South Pole male to spar the whole camp so that's Ooh. who I've been sparring with he's an up-and-coming amateur his name is Adam and he tries to take me out every day he gave me a little bit of a shiner the other day, but uh, I try and take him out too. So, hey, Ty, does, does Ty know about this? <laughs> yeah, Ty comes and watches. Okay. <laughs> he loves now, it. No, no, no. I met Ty. He's the nicest guy, but he's super shy, polite. How did he get you? Because a, a lot of guys out there are very shy that watch our show, and they would love to have a, a beautiful girl who could fight like yourself. How did Ty did, come how did, get Ty next to her? Can we see yeah, him together? How did Ty, <laughs> How did Ty land the game? He's way prettier than me. I don't Have even you know what you're talking though? about. Look what? how good looking this man is. Hold on. What's up, brother? What's up, Ty? That's how did Ty land the game? Babies did... right away. What are you doing? Don't waste your get... time. What's what your Straight up, the Instagram game is strong. <laughs> <laughs> so you hit her up on Instagram and you said, hey, you look really good. You, uh, we, 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 we train at the same gym together. Uh, no, so we actually started talking before I moved here, so... He would send little replies to my stories, just like nice. almost like platonic and everything, just like little, oh, I like that book or something like that. And I'd be like, this is too slow. So I just stepped yeah. it up, stepped it up a notch. And I was like, hey, like, I'll see you soon. I'm coming to Vegas. And then I wow. came to Vegas and basically from day one. And, uh, and uh, where was your first date? The gym. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fighting October 2nd against Shevchenko. Uh, Ty, when are you fighting again? I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I broke my hands in, um, in that last fight, so I'm just recovering that from that win. I haven't been back to training since. So. Notice he said hands, uh, like both. Yeah, Ty's broke a badass. Broke his hands. Ty is a fucking badass. Good for you, really man. Broke, both broke hands and you kept fighting? That's crazy. Yeah, I broke, I broke them both in the first round, and then I broke it a second time in the, in the second round. Wow. Yeah, no, Ty, Ty's no joke. So where can people follow both of you? Uh, Ty.Savage.MMA on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yeah, I'm King Casey MMA on everything as well. So. Yes, well, keep, keep it up, King. Uh, when you become the champion, don't get too big for us. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm performing in Vegas October 7th. I got a big That's my here. birthday. Happy birthday. Come check you out for her birthday. Perfect. Yeah. It's uh, me and a There you of- go. He picks the, the um, cheapest present ever for me. We come watch <laughs> you for free. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> hey, it'll be the best you see the way my paycheck is set up right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much and take care, guys. Okay, thank, thank you, guys. You. Take it easy. Thank you. Nice girl. Nice girl. Yeah, I would not want to fuck me on her bad side, though. Holy shit. That Good looking Good looking couple. And t- 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 yeah. That's a pimp ass move. He basically like he knew she was fixing to move to America and he just he like laid the groundwork so when she moved, of course he was gonna be the guy waiting for her, you know? Of course. Speaking of the guy, 
We have David Michaud here, uh, the bulldog. So I don't know if you know this Bill does, but David Michaud, uh, the man, he's from uh, Sioux Falls. Man. I'll tell you his whole story. He's from the reservation. You already got it wrong. You already got it wrong. Okay. Uh, you're in uh, from uh, South Dakota. Yes. Yes. Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge, South, Pine Ridge, South Dakota. Uh, Native American, badass. Badass. Won his first couple fights. Parents, he was fighting professional at like age 15. He, he played for the state of wrestling. 18. 18. 18. He played football, right? He went to college. He was the man. Like everyone was like, try out for the ultimate fighter. He, he was winning until the third round, then he got caught. Everyone was like, David's our hope. The whole reservation came out to like see him, blah, blah, blah. He ended up losing, right? It wasn't good. Then he made it back into the UFC. He won a bunch of big fights. He came out walking to the cage to Taylor Swift, uh, right? Then he, he had a couple of rough ones. He had be blood everywhere. All his fights were just bloody. I mean, just gushing blood. So then he goes into, uh, I think he fought maybe in Bellator. He got uh, into the PFL. He was he barely got in the PFL. He lost during the regular season. He came in as an alternate, made the finals, the fucking finals, and was winning against Ray Cooper. Was fucking tagging him up and then got caught. So he lost in the finals, right? But it's okay. So I, was, I wasn't an alternate. I made, the, I made the playoffs. I lost my first fight. I got yeah. finished in like 15 seconds with a body kick by the tall, lanky kickboxer, Sadabu. Yeah. Then I got to finish my next fight. And then in playoffs, I would think I was the fifth or sixth seed. And then was losing that second fight, semis, two fights one night. Was losing after the second round. And uh, ended up turning around beating the guy up in the third, and then, yeah, fighting against Cooper, had him staggered, had him hurt, and then he turned it around on me. So he lost, But he still made about a half a million, maybe $750,000 that year based on the fact that he got so – all right, he made, he made some money. He made, like, 20 grand. All right, so then <laughs> – you know, I made, like, enough to pay my insurance for the week. <laughs> so, so then he's supposed to come back, right, as the favorite. He's a week out from fighting Rory McDonald. This was going to be his – Rory's first fight in PFL – Good fight. He, find, he finds out he's got some kind of like brain, bloody bra brain problem. Uh, heart heart. What was it? Heart. Heart issues. Okay. Heart issues, a regular heartbeat, uh, and now he can't fight ever again, right? Is that? Yeah. He's done. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. You're not talking about like just arrhythmia, right? You're not talking about like. No. So I have a, it's called a bicuspid aortic valve and with a dilated aortic root. So my aorta is all stretched out. So they're worried about if I get my heart rate too high or if I get hit in the chest, my aorta will explode. So you hear, you know, when you hear about like high school kids dropping dead on a high school, on a football field, like that's what I got. So, so yeah, it gets worse over time. So it wasn't always as bad as it is now, but I mean, we would never would have known about it because I before all my EKGs, all my heart tests were all good. Like EKG is good, so they don't check out your heart. And then I actually got COVID, and that messed up my EKG. So then they had to look at it, and then it got to where there's like, dude, there's no way. So like, all those fights he fought with a bad heart, and and then made it as far. Imagine getting it, it gets worse. It gets worse throughout. So my valve, yeah. my valve stays open. And they was t saying that I get like 60 to 65% of my blood flow. So they was asking me about like uh, getting my fingers or toes going numb 
And I'm like, yeah, I mean, after all my fights, my feet would be just like super white and like feeling cold after a fight. So, yeah, your blood's not pumping the way it needs to be. So, Bill, they, and this guy is the nicest guy, most humble guy. I've, I've known him for years. Dave is the kind of guy that, like, I mean, he was he crazy over at the lab and all those monsters. They love him. This is how much people love him. He's just, he's like scared to fly. For some reason, he can't fly, right? He's a huge pussy when it comes to flying. He yeah. has to drive all the way from Arizona to New Jersey for his fights. And his coaches travel with him. Ben Henderson travels with him. Ben's not even getting paid half the time. Ben's like, I'm going with him. That's how much yeah. Ben fucking – I remember I told Ben. Yeah, so that was before – that was at your show. Yeah, we yeah. was at your show. And so before this fight, when I was supposed to fight Rory, and he's like – he's like – so who's going with you? I was like, dude, uh, you know, I don't know yet. And he's like, I'll go, I'll go. But I'm like, man. So for PFL, we had to be there. It was going to be 17 day quarantine. So that's two and a half weeks there, plus the two days to drive to Jersey. And I'm like, dude, you got four kids. Like, I can't take you away from your kids. And he's like, no. He's like, no, I'm going. Yeah, that's how cool Ben Henderson is. I, I, I was yeah. there. I told Ben about his fight. Ben, and he's like, he didn't know. And Ben's like, no, I'm going. And Ben, he's yeah. like, but, but you're not even really, but we're not, you're my coach. But he's like, nope. When are we leaving? He's like, we're leaving well, in three hours. Like, so my was- thing, my thing for me personally, I would just not ask guys who had kids, you know, because it's like three weeks yeah. away from your kids, and all his kids are super young, and he's yeah. like, no, I'll be there for you. And yeah, yeah I mean, that's I- how much that's how much everyone loves this guy, Bill. He's like the yeah. coolest teammate, and he's strong. Dude, his dad had him fighting grown men at like fifteen years 15. old. Guy. Guys yeah. coming straight out of jail. One of the guys I fought. So in South Dakota, no blood test. No blood test at this time. There was no commission. So yeah. I remember I was fighting at the Sturgis Rally. Got some biker <laughs> guy, bald head. He looks like he was on Sons of Anarchy. He could have yeah. just the, the long goatee and get done fighting him. He's all bloody. He's busted up. And then they announced, I think I was 16 at this time. They're like, he lost to a, the 16-year-old David Michaud. And then that guy's like, I lost to a 16-year-old. I was beating guys' asses in prison. And I'm like, I just bl- bloodied up some guy who just got out of prison. Like, and he didn't no even know any moves. Like, he, I basically all I knew how, how to wrestle and box. Over, he didn't know any jiu-jitsu. Overhands and headlocks. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have any jiu-jitsu gyms within probably 300 miles of the rest. So Wow. You're 16. You beat the. I would have gone back to high school and just picked fights with everyone in school. If so that was after the, after the fights at the rally, all the bikers they'll throw cash in. So after that fight, I made like 250, 250 bucks. And I think I'm just the I'm balling. I'm like, it's, you know, dude, this guy, this guy, I mean, dude, his his reservation is like 99% alcoholism. Like, like he's like he is the pride. When I say like this yeah. dude. He's like the, um, I don't know. He's like, who are you? You're like the. Uh, <laughs> I'm me. The, yeah, but you're like the Ronaldo of, of Sioux Falls. Like, dude, whenever, yeah. I, have on the, whenever I have him on the podcast. All- Ronaldo is like a, multi- <laughs> a hundred millionaire. I'm like a hundred dollar in there. Dude, whenever I have him on the podcast, like my, my whole timeline is people. And I know like they have like the coolest Native American names. It's like, it's like the like girls like, like beautiful girls who are like they're like in the 20s and the names are like yeah like 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 runny mountain or something you know something you know and it's always of, like yeah one of my old teammates when i was fighting amateur his last name was kill small and his so his fight name was brandon kills um all kills and everyone <laughs> loved everyone loved it and it was sick it's a sick name what what's your native american name you must have one right uh ozuye wixa ohitika 
what is it mean something like brave warrior man brave yeah. warrior man and yeah, he's right. he's legit brave, brave warrior man he, by he, the way when adam goes this guy he goes this guy od'd and he ended up in jail and somebody beat him up in an alley but he's like singing your praises so just know that adam usually is not this no he uh, not David's very well, i have to build david up because he was depressed like after i talked <laughs> i called him up after he found out and i'm like hey you want to come on the podcast he's like honestly I'm, I'm like beyond depressed. I haven't left my house yeah. in like a month. Like, like I don't want to see anybody. Uh, and this next, I, I couldn't even answer. Like, I didn't even answer when he called. He left a voicemail, and I just hit him back with through text. Because it, I mean, it still sucks, you know? Like, when I'm cornering guys, we're at the fights, and I'm holding mitts for them. And it's like, God damn, you know? Right now, it's thinking, like, I could have been getting ready for a rematch with Cooper. Or I could have been getting ready to yeah. fight Magomed. Like, but, David, you made it so far, man. I mean... Look at look, yeah. look at look at I mean you tried out with the fighter didn't make it still made the UFC made it to the show made yeah the NFL, made the finals you you would have won the finals look how he fucking destroyed Ray McDonald he beat the shit out of Ray McDonald he yeah, yeah. it was not a close fight like it, it, yeah you know David, I, I understand it didn't end the way you wanted it to end Dave but like talk about like a guy who who needs to keep his head up because you're such a you're such an inspiration, man. And also, David, it, it never – this is the one thing I've talked to the fighters. They tell me it never ends the way you want it to end. You know yeah. what I mean? It never yeah. – I mean, look at Anderson Silva. It didn't, the way, it didn't end the way he wanted it to end, obviously. Like he, so it's always going well, to end. He's, like, got a great – Yeah. Set, set knack, though, you know? but, the point, but the point is, like, like, it just ended five years earlier for you than it would have – anyway so you're just at a place earlier and maybe healthier now and younger and smarter and he's got so, a hot yeah. wife well his girlfriend he's like he like won't marry her for some reason uh she's she's like the she's like a, a 10 I mean, I mean she's like a super feminist she says my kid feminist books like like she says my kids books in the mail my wife loves every her. birthday, every birthday. I, yeah every birthday we get these like women who who run the world or something like you know we get like why men suck or something you know we get all these books for kids i don't think it was that bad. no no so so by the way so you you have a job now what's your job i'm actually at the wing place right now valley wings you're working at valley I'm wings i'm learning the biz yep okay all right all right do you like it is it fun is it you hate it can you say yeah it? i like it a lot you know the owners are good i've i won't eat here weekly honestly before <laughs> now i try to now I try to only eat here weekly since I work here. But I'm still working at the gym. I actually just got done holding mitts before I came over here. Uh, I taught a striking class 8 to 9. Then I was holding mitts 9 to 11. Then I'm here 11 to 3. Back at the gym, probably like 3 to 6 or 3 to 7 most nights. Your gym's got some studs, man. You got Sean O'Malley at your gym. Uh, you got that other kid. What's his name? Was a fucking karate guy who's awesome. Uh, Tyler. Tyler Phillips. Tyler Phillips. And Jared Cannonier just won. Yeah, you got the Killer Gorilla, and then you got that kid from uh, Tucson who's also Chris. Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny. Yeah, he trains with Kerry also. Also, that's who he is with before. I mean, yeah. we got a ton of guys. You know, I just cornered uh, we, at 35 in the UFC. We got Mario Bautista. He was supposed to fight. He ended up being COVID. Week up, couldn't fight. I just cornered a guy in Bellator, Mike Hamill. Bellator is coming to uh, Phoenix next month and ben henderson and his wife are going to be fighting ben and maria will both be on the card wow and uh, who else i'm going to be cornering rob emerson you know old old og he's fighting crazy horse bennett in a bare knuckle really? yeah by, by the way rob emerson by the way people don't realize this 
Rob Emerson went to jail, right? Back in his like 20s. His first fight out of jail, his first fight ever, ever was against Jens Pulver. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Who was the champion? He had yeah. he had his his picture in his jail cell. Like he had like he had his picture from a magazine, from like Fight Magazine or something. Like like what who the fuck would sanction that fight? Uh, but, but that's the crazy <laughs> There was no sanctions then. No, you know? no, no, no. But you look happy, though, man. You look happy. Hey, David, do, do you get a lot of uh, joy out of coaching people? I know a lot of people who, who transition, you know, they, it, it's even more satisfying for some people, you know? It's or, not, not satisfying because, I, I mean, honestly, like, I like to fuck people you still up. Got to so fight. That's more yeah. fun, you know? But I like to be there for my guys. Guys have been there for me, helping guys out. It, I enjoy it, but it's not – you don't get the same kind of rush. It's honestly more nerve-wracking. Yeah. It's like harder on harder on the body. I get more anxiety when other guys are fighting. When I'm fighting, I'm I'm like just flat. I'm perfect until I get in the cage, no nerves. And then once I get in the cage, I just feel confident. When other guys are fighting, we're like holding. Like, I'm like, oh man, oh, what if, oh, what if, what if I say something and then he gets him knocked out? You know, dude, this guy like he lost in 15 seconds, right, to a body shot that was crazy. He afterwards, I'm like, hey, David, man, keep your head up. He goes. Please make jokes about me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I was like, dude, it happens. Fuck. You know? different, different level, man. By the way, your nose looks like it can't take any more shots, so no offense. I didn't realize oh, it's, it's, solid. it's solid. It's like, solid. You, you, like, you have cauliflower nose. Cauliflower eyebrow, too, I think. <laughs> this one's all. all when, are you gonna mar- when are you going to marry Emma Her Many Horses? When are, you, when are you going to marry her? I don't know. We'll see. She's such a great girl. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. Such a nice, such a sweetheart. She's a teacher. Is she not big enough wigwam? What's the problem? She's a- <laughs> no, we got teepees up, up north. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, dude, man, I mean, I'm sorry that happened, bro, but I'm happy they caught it. Like, if you were the first person to die after a fucking fight, like, in the, like, in the PFL, I would have yeah, been like a major American promotion. It would have been. Yeah, that's, that would have been that would have been no, that would have been worse. Talk about Native Americans having no fucking luck. Can you imagine that? Like, like holy. I think six cardiologists, and it's all like it's all been the same thing. I went to University of Texas at Houston, and they was doing an exercise study on stuff like what I got. They actually kind of helped me out. They said I could get my heart rate a little higher than what the baseline was because I was like, dude, I was I was getting my heart rate over like up to two hundred twice a day. Now they're saying don't go over 120. But then I'm saying, you know, well, I never, it doesn't, it doesn't. And they're like, well, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't until it does and then it blows up. So it is what it is. Possible, Dave. It's also possible that, like, there's always advances in medicine every year. You know what I mean? It's yeah. possible that in a couple of years, maybe there'll be an opportunity to do other studies yeah. and help, you know? So, like, before I announced it, I was kind of going back and forth whether I should announce it, like, let them know what it is. I'm like, well, everyone's going to be asking. So I announced it. And then after that, I got, like, probably over 70 messages from people who were like, hey, I have this. And then some of them were fucking sad. And it's like, hey, my dad, he's a rancher. He died when he was fixing fence from this. Wow. But he never, che- you know, he never got an echo on his heart because he never needed it. Like, he doesn't show up on anything unless you look at the uh, valve. And then he died. So it's good. And it's like, Jesus, Mark, man. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't realize. And they say, like, 1% or less than 1%. But 
so many people and announcing it actually helped me out because I got hooked up with the John Ritter aortic health foundation. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so he died from a uh, aortic dissection or a aortic rupture or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but so they hit me up and so they've been giving me resources and stuff. So that was good. You know, a lot of good came out of me letting people know what it was. And then I get yeah. less questions. About it. Well, yeah. listen, man, I mean, to me, you're, you're a hero. I, I, I honestly, I know we're friends, but I look up to you so much. And, uh, you know, I definitely miss watching you fight. Uh, but I'm happy that they caught it. Like, cause like I said, when you come to Phoenix again, try to come around the fight. Well, I guess the fight will be on a Friday night though. Um, when is it? I think it's the 16th of, uh, October. October. Yeah. Next month. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I know my wife's going to France with her mom. So I, I have the kid for from like the 7th to like the 17th. Anyway, maybe I should take a, 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 a road trip with my daughter. Emmy uh, Watson. Dude, this guy, like, by the way, talk about like bad eating habits. This guy would like lose like 30 pounds. We, we would go out to eat. He'd have me like cake, milkshakes. I'm like, what are you fighting? He's like, in two weeks. No, we did have ice cream that night. Yeah, after the show. But that was, I mean, that that's just once a week. You know, that was a cheat. That was definitely a cheat. Whenever I'm in camp, I'm all, I was very strict. And I have like one cheat. And, and I, was I, hope, I, I hope you don't know. So, like, Arizona, by the way, is like the mecca of fighting, Bill, because they all went to they all went to his gym, the lab, and then all of a sudden, like Cejudo and them started their own gym, and then another guy. No, started. so there was Cejudo was already at uh, Fight Ready, or kind of on his own. He, Cejudo was never at the lab. And then, like, Drakkar and his girlfriend are, like, training in their garage. So there's, like, all these, like – and then O'Malley does his whole thing. There's, like – it's, like, West Side Story in, like, Scottsdale, which is, like, yeah, Scottsdale's yeah. known for, like, swingers and cougars and, like, rich yeah, yeah. women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scottsdale, Scottsdale's different. But isn't it crazy what's going on with that? Like, but I went to his, like, sparring day. David invited me to watch sparring. Dude, they legit – it's a fight club. On yeah. Saturday, like eleven o'clock, they're just going at it. I mean, everywhere you look, like, and I, I, I was watching O'Malley, who fights exactly like he fights in the like every everywhere yeah. you look, people are just throwing down. It, it was it was crazy. Right. And Ben Henderson, right? Ben Henderson is fighting like I think Johnny Case. It was like somebody really good, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's, sitting there, he's sitting there winning every round against everybody, while telling his wife. To pick up like the hey, go to the cleaners. Make sure you get three milk. I, I was like, what the fuck? This is that. Was, am I right? Didn't that happen? Oh yeah, he's he's a different cat. He can he can do a lot of things. Yeah, and that's and then you realize like how good Chandler looks against Ben Henderson. Well, not yeah. the second time because that was a closer. But you're like, man, this is a different level because I yeah, like going to that gym. I'm like Ben Henderson's the greatest fighter of all time. Like and and he yeah. and he's probably in the top fifty of all time. But yeah. you just realize like how good these other guys. Like wow, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And he'll do he'll do like five straight in the cage any day. He'll just go any day any day of the week. If he if he gets a fight, he wants to do as many rounds as he can. So you say five? He'll, so he'll go he'll go twenty five rounds in a row. Twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, no problem. Like any day of the week, he won't even have to be trained. He'll just roll straight in there and do five straight, five fresh guys, no problem. Do you, do you think he has a chance of getting back to the top, Ben? Yeah, I mean, he's got this fight against Primus, who was a champ. I guess he's, I don't think he's in the ratings anymore. I mean, it's so tough, though, with uh, 
you know, what's his name? Uh, Pitbull just lost to McKee, and McKee says he wants to go up. So, yeah. like, it's hard to say that McKee shouldn't get that shot first. But I don't know. It's hard to say. And then the other Pitbull, he's rated number one, but obviously he wouldn't fight his brother. And Ben has a win against him off of, like, a, a checked kick. But, yeah. so, the only guy Ben's lost to has been Chandler at 55. Yeah. I mean, and that last fight, he was looking great. That was the best he was looking in a while. And then he, he, he was doing really good on the stand-up. And then, I mean, Chandler's just Chandler. You know, he's so explosive. He just explodes right in with a one-two, like, faster than any other 55-er, except for Pitbull. Well, listen, I know we talked. We were going to talk about uh, fight predictions, but I know you got to get back. Listen, David, uh, I love you, man. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, find me at Valley Wings <laughs> or the MMA Lab. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. What's my Insta? Bulldog155. And on Twitter, it's Bulldog underscore 170, I think. So, you know, if you want to come see me talk shit about Adam or something, then Twitter. I don't, if you want to see memes, uh, I'm a pretty good meme guy on Insta. I love it. Bill, anything you want to say to the, the great David Michelle? Hey, man. It's an honor to meet you, man. Adam speaks so highly of you. So you're, you're a great guy. And best of luck with you, man. Awesome. I appreciate it, brother. Nice to meet you. No problem. Maria, you're your, uh, your girl. Take care, man. All right. See you guys. Yeah, dude. I was like, fuck. I was so bummed for that guy. I was so uh, bummed, man. That was such, I could, you know. Because I'm sure he's doing everything in his power to be like, wait, I need another opinion. I need another opinion. I need another opinion. And like, everyone's just like, nope. He's also a guy that like wears his heart on his on his, on his sleeve. Like, he's not the kind of yeah. guy that has a, he, he has no poker face, that guy. Like, you know. You know it's weird. You're like the big brother sort of like guru Buddha of a lot of these guys. I feel like they all like look up to you and you kind of help talk them out of bad situations. You know, uh, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I coach, I coach, you know, I, I would tell him, but he's, these guys are also a lot of really young. Like he's a, I don't know. He might not be, I mean, that, that first girl was 23. I mean, I'm literally yeah. 20 years older. Like when I was, <laughs> like when I was 21 years old, she was one, you know, um, <laughs> So obviously, like when it comes to fight experience and the yada yada, they're light years ahead of me, or I have none. But, uh, yeah. but well, you know, you know, I mean, like my even my wife, my wife's thirty one, you know, and I'm forty three, and like there are sometimes like I can see things that like she can't, you know, just you just I just know people. I'm like, yeah, like, I like I remember we had like a like we 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 had somebody that she was lending her car to to, to help the person get it to work, and I'm like they're not going to give back that car. Uh, and she's like, Oh no, they will. They'll go. I'm like, listen, like, <laughs> like that car is not like, I, as much as I'd like, I, I don't want to say like, I know like, like bad parts of people. Like I, I know sometimes instinct and how yeah. people think and this and that yeah. or why. Yeah. And sometimes like, I, I kind of wish I didn't have that part, but part of me sometimes wishes I had like the same, like my daughter who's three who like, you know, like I like we were watching. Um, first of all, it was pretty funny. So we're coaching yesterday, and the school because I said I'm not coaching this year because I I live an hour away, 45 minutes. I live in Winnetka, and I got to drive to Brentwood to coach. Um, yeah. At three and at five, so you know how that traffic is. And yeah. also, I got my daughter. So then they they told me like, well, what if we have kids watch your daughter? Well, we'll we'll give kids credit, uh, like for and I'm like, so now, okay. <laughs> So right away, I like they're gonna teach my daughter dance and like these middle school kids. So within ten minutes yesterday, 
my daughter's crying and the kids, the kids are crying. They were racing in the parking lot and a woman got up and a, a car was like 10 feet away, but a woman's like, why are you yelling, letting a kid run? So they started screaming at them. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to coach wrestling. I'm like, what the fuck happened? But I'm trying to like, she's okay. And the kids, and the kids are little, I think that's different between little girls and little boys. The little girls were, she felt so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She was, uh-huh. girl was, you know, a 12 year old girl was bawling. And I'm like, it's okay. Uh-huh. You didn't look, why don't you guys just go race on the field? <laughs> yeah. Away from the parking lot. Um, but so I'm coaching and my, my daughter goes, why are you pretending to be a coach? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm really the coach. <laughs> like, I'm not pretending to be the coach. Uh, you know, but so that, that was, that was really cute. Um, but, but, you know, I, I forgot why I even brought that up uh, about life experience or something. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah about like how you're like kind of like a teacher and like I feel like you're sort of like this mentor for a lot of these guys you know you know they kind of look they they look to you for some like stability in their crazy emotional landscapes I feel sometimes a lot of people they've been to my shows too you know you see someone on stage you feel like they know what they're talking about I don't uh but I you know uh you know I look at them and like holy shit I mean this guy made the highest level I I think that UFC still and MMA hasn't reached its peak. It's not like the NBA or the NFL. You meet an NFL player, you're like, I can't believe that guy made the NFL or the NBA. Like, yeah. You know, and I think that MMA guys, that is the that is amazing, you know. But yeah, but that girl is 23 years old that we talked to, um, and you know she's young. I mean, think about how young I, that is. I I mean, if I were into managing people, I would I would be all over that. Imagine the money you can make off that girl. She looks like that. She's funny. She's smart. Yeah. She's got the accent. She's an undefeated fighter. I mean, that's like a ching, 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 cash cow. She's got power. And she's also from a, a place where there aren't that many fighters. So yeah. she's from Australia. So, I mean, Robert Whitaker is like a, a massive star in Australia. Um, yeah. Would Robert Whitaker be a star in the U.S.? Yes. Would he be yeah. a big star as he's in Australia? Like, yeah. no. Conor McGregor, if he was from Ohio – like would not be the same Conor McGregor. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, when you went Ireland. Yeah. It's also fucked up. Also how I used to, have to say like when Ricky Hatton would box in the U S like all of Manchester would come and like flood Vegas. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy when McGregor would fight. Could you think of one athlete in the U S that when he goes over the seas, anyone follows him except for like people he trains. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I think we're just spoiled or lazy or don't care as much or don't have the same type of pride in being American. But I don't know. I, I can't think of one fighter. I mean, even when like Tyson went to Japan, he was like the only one. <laughs> like, yeah. I was going to go to Japan to see him. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just kind of sad. I think in like, in like some ways I kind of, I kind of wish that we had more like, you know, but we're also bigger, you know, but even like, yeah. But even like uh, going on, we have a lot more things to celebrate. They have like potatoes and Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? That's going to get people are going to get mad at that, by the way. McGregor. (laughs) uh, My my grandparents are from Ireland. I can say that shit. Of course. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man. Well, that is our podcast today. What do you have coming up? Well, I might as well plug. I'm I'm headlining a place called Snappers Comedy. (laughs) Snappers Grill and Comedy Show. In Florida? Palm Beach. Florida. Didn't they put you on the flyer by accident? I thought they did because they called me Dill Dawes. And I was like, is it a joke? But no, it's a real show I'm doing. I have no idea. 
This guy was like, hey, man, I want to book you. I was like, hey, why not? But it's it's Palm Beach, Florida. I don't know anyone there. So if anyone watching this is from Palm Beach well, or that area. Oh, well, just so you know, there's a huge fight camp, American top team. You can get Colby Covington to come. Well, he's now at Masters MMA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole Hector Lombard is out there. Oh, okay. Here to go. <laughs> uh Joanna, Joanna Janjanchek, Dustin Poirier. Uh, if you want, yeah, I mean, if you want, um, I, I can tag people and tell them to come see you. Uh, hey, man, you know that's what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm in Minnesota this week, so I, I just go to like, I figure out what you know who's in Minnesota the, that that the, like trains. People that train usually come out, and they're the best crowd. Maybe they're happier. Yeah. Maybe they're happier in life. They're more into like laughing. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think MMA fighters and, and comedians, we're the same. We're, we're all people that refuse to like get a real job. <laughs> and we want to like live our, live our passion, you know, and yeah. have fun while doing it. Yeah. I, I mean, ho ho hopefully it will. Anyway, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Thank you, Adam. At, if you're in Minnesota this week, I am at the House of Comedy in Minnesota this week. And then in October, I will be, I gave the guy your number if he gets in contact with you. Uh, Funny is Funny Comedy Club in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, and then um, also in Vegas, October 7th, big show. I can't really announce it now because it's going to be on uh, Fight Pass and yada, 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 but it's a big deal. And then, uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much and uh, take care. Bye-bye.